Good morning, Calvary Baptist Church. We want to thank Pastor Matt and the entire church family and the leadership for allowing us this opportunity uh, to share from home. Uh, it's COVID. We know these are strange days. We are really looking forward to seeing you as a church family and giving you a face-to-face -face report and having a bit of crack uh, after the service and answering any questions you may have about our ministry in Ireland. But here we are. Uh, we're recording in, in Picton, Ontario, and uh, God willing, this video will encourage you and as uh, we're encouraged to share. Uh, but certainly we want to share about our ministry in Ireland first, and Andrea is here to uh, join me in, in this share uh, this morning. But we thought we'd just kind of give you three quick pointers, so sort of like where we've been, where we are now, and where we're headed uh, in Ireland. But where have we been? Well, we've been in Ireland for two years, and it's hard to believe, but uh, those two years have gone by very, very quickly. And basically the first year of our ministry in Ireland is really cultural training. Uh, just taking time to get established in a new country uh, was very unique uh, to move uh, to Europe and certainly took some time and but also uh, to get used to our surroundings and find a place to live and get sorted but also uh, during the second year we began to deepen our relationships with the Irish and where we were serving and so we really began to see a movement uh, with our relationships that we were busy trying to build and see where we could build in the first year but seeing them really develop in the second year and then learning to listen more to uh, as well as to the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. uh, and really making sure that those things that we were doing uh, were what he wanted us to be doing while we were there as well just trying to overcome uh, some cultural differences as well as some minor oversteps which I'll allude to a little bit in, in my message. Hi there, it's Andrea. And I, you know, as we've been home here in Canada and sharing with different people about our experiences and, and just our love for the Irish, some people have asked us maybe what we had found shocking. And I've taken some time to sort of reflect on that. And one of the things I think that really stands out before we went to Ireland, we knew that the suicide rates um, uh, in, in Ireland itself as a nation um, was very high, in fact, m one of the highest um, in Europe. Um, but it really wasn't until we were there, and especially being in the Limerick area, where it is the highest suicide rates in, in Ireland itself, that we just saw that every family um, has been impacted by either friends or family members or, or someone close to them that has committed suicide. And that that is just a very foreign thing for us being mm -hmm. here. Yes, we, we do have that here in Canada, but to have every single person mm -hmm. that we talk to in our experience, of yeah. course, um, being impacted was shocking. In fact, there are three bridges that cross over Limerick, and every night there are people that do suicide watches that are volunteers just going over that river. So the level of, of hopelessness, it's a beautiful land. Honestly, it's green. It's everything that you would see in pictures. But there is a great darkness and a great hopelessness that is there. And so that itself has been quite shocking uh, for us. Um, Ireland itself, uh, the percentage of those that would call themselves believers in Jesus Christ would be about one and a half percent. It's a very religious nation, but with void of a relationship. And so that is the lowest in the English-speaking world. And, you know, it's again, it's not until you're there, you can have all these statistics, but until you're there mm. living with the Irish and experiencing that, mm -hmm. it is quite shocking. Um, in our small town that we're in, 
we have a number of amenities in that town so it's a it's a decent size it's not it's not mm. like you could just drive through it and not even know that it was there it, it's a decent size mm. we have not yet found one mm. um, evangelical christian that is there and so you know just trying to have that light in that darkness mm -hmm. um, there's very few that mm. know christ and i guess the last part is the teenagers you know the the percentage of of those that know christ when you think it's for the teenagers it's even less than that mm -hmm. and it's a percentage of a percentage mm -hmm. and so you're looking at about 0.07 percent so even our son has experienced such a loneliness but we praise god we have been able to get mm -hmm. him into um, di a different youth group and being able to just um, find some people that know christ but also again mm -hmm. trying to be a light within the community and mm -hmm. things so Anyway, I'm going to leave you now. He's going to um, maybe share the rest of what we have. But mm -hmm. thank you for letting me join you um, and with Scott. Okay. Well, where where are we? Where are we now? And uh, so when we look at these ministries, uh, we're exercising various roles in the Christian school at the Limerick Christian Center, uh, where we serve uh, in Mungret, which is just a little hamlet outside of Limerick City. Uh, we're also establishing deeper and more intimate relationships uh, with individuals and families within and outside the church. It's slow going, to be sure, but we are making uh, inroads and we are making an impact. Uh, we're also partnering with our, our church, Liberty Christian Church, uh, which is also at the Limited Christian Center, and certainly just uh, trying to love and encourage and support the ministry there and the congregation, uh, to be sure. As well, uh, we had the wonderful opportunity to create uh, the Croom Community Christian Care Group on Facebook, where I share uh, Monday through Friday a six to eight minute uh, devotional uh, that we, we air on that Facebook page. And then on Saturdays, we have also created a children's program, a puppet show called Abbey Tales. And if you've never had the opportunity uh, to see those ministries and you're curious to see what we do and where we record, we would try to get out in nature as often as possible. And all the Abbey Tale puppet shows are filmed live at a, an ancient abbey just down the road from our house. I encourage you to do so just so you can get a, a feel for what, what are we doing uh, in Ireland. And so we're really taking advantage of that opportunity uh, to be online uh, despite some of the COVID restrictions that we also face in Ireland as you face here and of course we're obviously facing uh, this Sunday. And then where are we headed? Uh, well with the help of God we want to continue to develop our Abbey Tales puppet ministry. We really see this as an opportunity to really reach into our community with through the schools and uh, puppets can do amazing things and can break down barriers. And so we're really praying that God would open doorways uh, for us to possibly get into schools and maybe other things in our community with the puppets. We're also praying for new people uh, in whom the Lord wants us to begin to disciple. We've been doing some discipleship with some of our Irish friends and we're really looking forward to uh, seeing more people uh, come on board. As well, we want to empower those that we have been discipling uh, so that they can begin to disciple others as well. Discipleship is all about multiplication. Uh, so we're really looking forward uh, to that as well. And because we've been having a more of an online presence, even as we record here this evening, that we're really praying that God would help us to understand the whole world of technology much, much better. Uh, we've got a lot to learn. We've got some great Irish friends who help us to edit and, and do some things. I really wish Glenn was here uh, tonight uh, to be helping me. But uh, praise God, we have some wonderful Irish friends who are helping us uh, to continue to get better at what we do. 
And so we're going to praise God for that. Um, what I'm going to do is we just got some new prayer cards uh, printed while we've been back here in Canada. And so we're looking forward to, we're going to send some uh, to Calvary Baptist. We're going to put some in the mail. And then maybe you guys can, whoever would like one, I uh, would like to pick up a card. It gives you an opportunity just to see an updated of our family and as well, just some ways you can contact us if you're interested uh, in following us on our ministries or supporting us in any way. So thank you for the opportunity to share about Ireland. And now we get the op off awesome opportunity, <laughs> the awesome opportunity uh, to transition uh, into the Word. And again, thank you, Pastor Matt, for allowing me this opportunity to speak to the church family as I just share from the Word of God and something that was really, really close for our hearts, um, sort of as we, we branched into 2020. Uh, and this message is really hits home uh, for me and for Andrea. And I really hope that the Lord uses uh, this message to encourage your heart as he's encouraged mine. Just want to um, pause for just a moment of prayer. Father, thank you for the wonderful opportunity uh, to share with this wonderful church family. Lord, we're sorry we can't be there in person, but thank you, Lord, for technology that we can share uh, via this recording. And just I pray, Lord, that it would work well and that it would encourage hearts and lives and that the word of God, you, you promise, will never return, return back void. And so, Father, we thank you in advance for how you use uh, this passage of Scripture to continue to encourage Andrea and I, and I pray as well, uh, the wonderful folk that make up uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Ottawa. So, Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity. It's guard my heart and mind now. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, use me mightily in your name. Amen. Well, certainly, as we have been serving in Ireland, we would recognize that we faced many challenges, <laughs> to be sure. Um, since landing, these challenges all have had a purpose. And the purposes that we don't always see right away, much like yourselves. And sometimes we face those challenges and we kind of come up against them and we often wonder, like, God, what are you doing? How can this be happening? Or why is this happening? Or why is that happening? And over the course of two years, we continue to learn you know, how to adapt to a, to a new and ancient culture. They're different than we are. And, and so they should be. And though we speak the same language... We don't always understand each other and our motives and our hearts and tensions and so on and so forth. And so certainly Canadian cultures will differ from Irish, from the Irish culture and North American ideals will and practices don't always align with what they do in Europe. And certainly we have made some wonderful choices. And again, we've seen some tremendous fruit from uh, some of the ministries that we've been a part of through discipleship and the Facebook posting and helping with school and, and so on and so forth. But we've also faced some challenges as well that have been hard and difficult. And so we need to sort of wrestle through those misunderstandings and some of those things that maybe just we weren't on the same page uh, with those that we were serving with. And as Andrea and I were praying into uh, 2020, and I know we're rapidly approaching uh, 2021, but as we were approaching 2020, you know, God brought me to a wonderful group of passages in the book of James. You know, we were nursing, we were nursing some hurt feelings and really sort of wrestling with some of the outcomes that were, that were occurring uh, in our relationships. And it was a bit frustrating and I was really praying into, like, Lord, help us as we deal with these emotions and our mixed feelings and help us with these relationships uh, that we're 
working with at the Limer Christian Center and how do we how do we nurture these relationships and how do we continue to move forward you know we are praying for for persevering hearts and a willingness to listen uh, to the Holy Spirit and what was uh, where he was guiding us and how he was going to help us to to move through some of these uh, things but on top of that perseverance we are also praying for wisdom godly wisdom because certainly we are seeing you know God we need wisdom to know how to you know how to take steps forward and how to uh, overcome these little blips and and how to encourage the Irish and how to build them up and and try to overcome these differences and the Holy Spirit you know he didn't waste any time not not at all and uh, my eyes fell on James chapter 3 uh, verses 13 through 18 so if you got your Bibles open them up uh, that's where we're gonna be today in our text uh, I would like to share with all of you what the Lord taught us uh, in this process and and certainly, we are very excited uh, to see what the Lord taught us. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a simple message. But one of the beautiful things when you're, when you're talking with the Irish themselves, that we, we've learned that you have to remain very relational and to keep things very simple because they don't have a long history of spending time in the Word of God. And so I just trust that this, as uh, my methodologies may be a little bit different, but the message is timeless. And I truly trust that the Lord will use this to encourage you as it has encouraged us along the way. But the book of James is a rich text, I mean, a rich book. I mean, it's, I should say, full of rich texts. <laughs> and there, James has so, you could spend weeks and weeks and weeks on the book of James, and maybe pastor's already taking you through uh, many of those passages. But certainly, as we got into chapter 3, and it's dealing with uh, the tongue, and we know that the tongues can, our tongues can get us into, well, <laughs> can get us into trouble sometimes, can't they? But as James was referencing the tongue and working his, working his way through, he gets into uh, verse uh, 13 uh, through 18, and he begins to shift into this concept of wisdom. And he's going to reference two types of wisdom, really looking at a worldly wisdom and a heavenly wisdom. But before he even gets to those two ideas of wisdom, two contrasting views on wisdom, he first starts us off by asking an important question, and we find that in verse 13. And he says right out to the body of believers that he was writing his letter to, and he says to them, who is wise and understanding among you? You could probably ask yourself that same question if you were uh, sitting at the, on your couch or your table or wherever you are uh, this morning watching this video. You could turn to each other and ask yourself that same question. And that's what James was doing. He was sort of priming the pump, uh, per se, on this whole idea of wisdom. He says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. And so before he gets into the two different types of wisdom, he really kind of brings in this concept of what are proofs of wisdom? Before we even look at two types of wisdom, what are proofs of wisdom? That there is even wisdom in your life. And he comes right out and he says, there's two things that really hit home to me. One was a good life. Because he says that. Let him show it by his good life. Now remember, he's talking to believers. And as he's talking to believers, he's making this, con this idea that, you know what? A life that is lived should be a life lived well. It should be lived good. 
And good comes from this idea of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because we know that apart from Christ, nothing is good. And so he's, and when, he, when he uses that term, a good life, it's really talking about from, from beginning to end. He doesn't compartmentalize. He doesn't sort of pick on one age period. doesn't talk about middle age. doesn't talk about senior saints. It doesn't matter whether you're a child, a teen, a young adult, a middle-aged, or, or approaching uh, your senior years. A good life is important at every stage. And that would be proof of wisdom in your life. And secondly, he talks about good deeds. Now we know that in Ephesians 2.10 that God has prepared works for us in advance. That when we give our lives to Jesus Christ, God has already prepared works for us to do. And it's those deeds, it's God's works that He sees as being important and would certainly be proof positive that there is wisdom in your life and that we are applying His wisdom by those deeds. And so we also know that in the book of James that James was really hitting on this concept of faith and works and that you can't have faith without works and you can't have work with works without faith, that they truly, truly go hand in hand. And so we really see here, before James gets into the two different types of wisdom, he really wants to establish proofs of wisdom. And what are proofs of wisdom? Well, again, just a good life, the life that you live in your relationship with Jesus Christ, and the deeds that God has prepared in advance for us uh, to do. These are very important things in our life, and those should be evidenced. Now, he goes into verse 14, and he starts with the word, but. And we know every time we see but in Scripture, we know that there's something happening. Something's occurring. There's a, there's a transition coming. And so pay attention, he says. <laughs> and so he moves into verses 14 and following. And it's a really a stark, a stark contrast because he's going to be referencing this whole concept of worldly wisdom or what I call false wisdom. And he, the two things that he's going to reference here uh, that are things that we just shouldn't have in our lives. I mean, he, James could have used, chosen any number of foolish things that can creep into our lives, that can really rack our heads, as they would say in Ireland. These are things that we should never want. These are timeless issues that we all face in our relationship and our walk with the Lord. But certainly these are things that we should not allow into our lives. And these are things that would really precipitate this whole concept of false, false wisdom when these things creep in. And he says in verse 14, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, just going to stop right there, bitter envy and selfish ambition. Those are timeless, aren't they? I mean, if I was to ask for a show of hands and said, has anyone here ever struggled with bitterness? I, I, I put up my hand. Or, or envy. Oh, yeah, <laughs> probably have. I mean, it can creep into ministry. We can sometimes look at other, even other missionaries. I remember when we were trying to raise our support to get on the field. Sometimes you, you see other missionaries' experiences and they're, you know, six months to a year, they raise their full support and you're just like, oh, I so wish I was like them. You know, I wish I had what they had. And why can't I get those kind of supporters? And so it's, it's something simple, friends. It's something simple that can creep in. But it's something that James is being, making us be very, very aware of. And again, this whole idea of selfish ambition. I, I, again, I, I can point to myself. I can look in the mirror here. Because I know I'm, I'm by nature a selfish person. 
And then when you throw that ambition part into it, it can really cause a lot of problems. So what is so James gets right into this whole idea, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, it says do not boast about it or deny the truth. Again, bitter envy. It really defines uh, defines as a harsh, resentful attitude towards others. And that's something that we should never allow in our Christian walks. Because bitterness is a is, is divisive. It corrupts it can destroy relationships. It can erode you. And when you add bitterness to envy, it just amplifies it a thousand times. And James is like, you can't allow that in. And this whole day of selfish ambition is just really, it's success at, every, at the cost of everyone but yourself. And whenever I think of selfish ambition, I just keep thinking of politics. <laughs> it seems like every politician is out for themselves. And not just politicians, but certainly, I mean, we've just seen it creep into our own lives. Maybe maybe family members or you're, you're working where you work. Um, we, we can see when those things happen that they can, the, the collateral damage that comes with those, because when you're around selfish people, they're, they're, they're toxic. Because we begin to realize that they're really not interested in us. They're really only interested in themselves. So if we're looking at this whole, if we're looking at this whole concept of wisdom, you know, for Andrea and I, as we were nursing and trying to sort out our, our relationships that we were struggling with in Ireland, as we were praying for perseverance, but also for godly wisdom, and as God was bringing us into this passage, and as I was beginning to look at it, it was just things... Now, it's not that all of a sudden I felt like, oh, maybe I'm struggling with bitter, bitterness and envy or, or selfish ambition. But what it did was God was sharpening our pencil to make us become very aware that, one, we need to be very careful that we don't allow these things to creep into our ministry because they will destroy our ministry in Ireland. They will destroy the relationships and that we need to make sure that if we're doing anything for the Lord in Ireland and we're even we're trying to build relationship with the leadership at the, where we were serving, we needed to make sure that there was no selfish ambition in, in, in all of that. That we weren't trying to just do ministry or, or, or provide a ministry that in some way, shape or form uh, made us look good so that we could, you know, put it on our prayer cards or put it in our, uh, our newsletter so that everyone, you know, back in Canada and the U.S. or whoever was supporting us will, will really believe in us because of all these great things that we were doing. I mean, if we make, if we make the Irish a project, that's, that's a slippery slope. And we want to know that when we make relationships, that they are God-ordained relationships and that we are truly loving and kind and that we don't want them to become like us, but we want them to be more like Jesus because we need to be more like Jesus. Andrea needs to be more like Jesus. Scott needs to be more like Jesus. You need to be more like Jesus. And in, in that process, we, we are just trying to point the Irish that they too need to be more like Jesus, not like us. And so it was a great time and opportunity for the Lord to really remind Andrea and I as we were looking through these scriptures to really bring these things to, to perspective and to really guard our hearts as we continued on into building uh, these relationships and trying to overcome any differences that we had. But of these two, you know, James is ready, he says, don't, don't boast about these things. I mean, don't boast that you're, you're all about yourself. Don't boast that you're, you're envious about other people or other things. So don't let those things come in. So don't deny the truth. Because by trying to live, by, by allowing these things into your life, the truth will not be seen. And for Andrea and I, if we let these things to creep into our ministry, the, 
the truth that we have will, 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 be, will be missed because the people will only see us and they'll see the foolishness and the, and the way we're trying to live and they're not going to see Jesus. And we want them to see Jesus. Just like you need to, you, your relatives and your neighbors and, and those within your church and your circle of influence, they need to see Jesus in you. It's vitally important. We live in crazy times. And, and we need Jesus now more than ever. And the world desperately needs hope. And so certainly we want to make sure that these things don't become a part of our lives or our ministries. Because he says in verse uh, 15, such wisdom of those two, bitterness, envy, and selfish ambition, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and of the devil. I mean, James doesn't mince the words here, does he? He wants you to know right flat out that when we allow these things into our lives, the, the devil's having his day. Because if I was to ask you, you know, again, raise your hands if anyone here would want to support the devil's work. Oh, there wouldn't be a single soul, right? No one would put their hands up. And so for you, for you and I, as we think about these things, we have to recognize that when these things creep into our lives and into our ministries and into our families, these are things that the devil supports and that he's trying to push his agenda and push his wisdom because he's a priest, the prince of the power of the air on this planet, all right? So we have to recognize that, yes, he is here and he is very present. And of his presence, we also know that he brings an, any number of other things to my friends. Like he, he only names, names like two here. James only lists two things, but he could list it a whole lot more when it comes to sins and things that can entrap us. But certainly we need to recognize flat out that when bitterness, envy, selfish ambition, when these things and worldly wisdom begin to creep into our lives, that is of the devil. That has nothing to do with the Lord. And so for Andrea and I, as we're trying to serve in Ireland, we need to, rec we need to recognize that we, we need to keep ourselves humble before the Lord, praying, fasting, seeking His face, to know that that which we were doing was honoring to Him and that we gave no credence, we gave no opportunity for the devil to throw a wedge into our ministry, into our lives, and into our families, and into the relationships we were trying to build. Okay? And these are things that we all need to keep very, very aware of. And things that we need to be conscious of. And that's what the Lord was doing as we spent time in James, as we were looking through this passage. He was just really encouraging us and comforting us. And when you look at this whole concept that he goes on a little bit further, he goes on a little bit further in this. So he says, we understand that where these things are for, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. You know, the results of these two negative worldly characteristics, well, one is disorder, and friends, again, 1 Corinthians 14.33, I love this passage of Scripture. It says, For God is not a God of disorder, but a God of peace. We don't serve a God of chaos. We serve a God of order. And when chaos is, is becoming a part of our life, and we see chaos going all around us, we need to recognize that God is not in that chaos. And we need, we need to speak into that chaos. In the name of Jesus, to make to 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 unto silence that chaos and to bring order back into our lives, because God is a God of peace. He is a God of order, and that He can bring order back again where there is disorder. But those are things that will become a part of our lives. And secondly, evil practices, which is literally in the Greek everything, every worthless work. So every worthless work. Um, 
so good for nothing things and but not intentionally evil all the time just you know maybe some busy work or things that that maybe look good but aren't the best and so for andrea and i we want to make sure that the work that we're doing isn't just busy work isn't just trying to fill time or or again to, to tick boxes but they're it's really intentional friends and it, it, there's times when you got to reassess your own lives and your own ministries but what you're doing is it the very best is it is it really god's best for you and and Maybe it is, and praise God if it is. But it, sometimes we just need to do a little heart check. We need to just, just ask him, is this your best father? And so for sure, for Andrea and I, we did the same thing. You know, we began to look at the ministry, things that we're doing, the relationships we're trying to build, and really ensure that those things, that there isn't any, weren't any useless things that were not necessarily, they weren't evil, but just weren't the best. And God just used that opportunity uh, to help us understand that. So then, so then, he transitions into another but as he's going into the next verse as he's transitioning from worldly wisdom which is false wisdom into heavenly wisdom which i call true wisdom and he goes on to verse and verses 17 and following and he really carry brings out six characteristics of, of heavenly wisdom so six characteristics of heavenly wisdom uh that uh, james references here because he says but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure pure and purity really, really refers to spiritual integrity and moral sincerity, which should be the heart and motivation of every genuine Christian. I mean, these none of these things that he's going to mention are, are difficult to understand, but they're very important to be a part of our lives as Christians. And certainly for us in Ireland, certainly for you in Ottawa or wherever you are, these are very important virtues to have in your life. When we think of godly wisdom, again, we're moved past false wisdom and earthly wisdom, and those things into heavenly wisdom, purity is important to have a part of our life, spiritual integrity, that we that which we say is we, we, we believe it and that we're not, we're not sending off a false message and we're not living two different lives, that we make sure that we're living a life that is honoring uh, to the Lord, this idea of moral sincerity. And so those are things he comes right out and says, those, that's an important part of heavenly wisdom. Secondly, he says, peace-loving. You know, I love Matthew 5, 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Peace-loving. You know, this is something that for, 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 for Andrea and I that we saw as being an integral part of our ministry, that we needed to be peace-loving. And I'll wrap that up at the very end because he really hits that, uh, really hits home on that whole concept in verse, uh, in verse 18. But again, peace-loving is just being a peacemaker is, is not peace at all costs and jeopardizing relationships with a false peace, but really that we are intentional with the relationships that we're doing and that if there are conflicts or things that could cause uh, an issue, that we have to face them. Right? We're not there to cause trouble, but sometimes things happen. And that we would want, we want to be peace-loving and we don't want to fight. We don't want to you know, make sure that our, our way is right and we're always right. Sometimes we're not. And sometimes we've overstepped. And there's a misunderstanding. And if you're peace-loving then you'll go to that person and say, you know what, there's been a misunderstanding. Ask for forgiveness and move forward. And so certainly see that as an important part of godly wisdom. Consider it really a, a, gentle, a gentle person or a, a sweet reasonableness. And so certainly we understand that that's a big part of our, our ministry and that we're considerate to others. Submissive. Again, the original term describes someone who is teachable, compliant, willing to yield to military discipline. And for believers, it defines obedience to God's standards. All right, these are—I mean, those are something that we need to be uh, be very, very mindful of. 
and then again, full of mercy and good fruit, uh, refers to the gift of showing concern for those who suffer pain and hardship and the ability to forgive others quickly. And then he goes into impartial and sincere. And the Greek word occurs only here in the New Testament. And get this, it denotes a consistent, unwavering person who is undivided in their commitment and convictions and does not make unfair distinctions. I love that. And so certainly, of the six wonderful virtues of heavenly wisdom and considering uh, some of the challenges that we were having with, uh, with the leadership, verse 18 really hits home. Because he says, peacemakers who, show, who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. And we must endeavor to be peacemakers. For in doing so, we will raise a harvest of God's righteousness, not our own. Not bitter envy or selfish ambition or self-righteousness, but for the glory of God. And so, friends, we certainly want to encourage you, as you continue to serve in Calvary, as we continue to serve in Ireland, that we would desire to be peacemakers who we will sow a, a harvest of righteousness. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all that you're doing. We appreciate you so much. We look forward to communicating with you in the future. As I say in Ireland, mind yourselves. God bless. So long. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we want to receive wisdom from you. We want to ask that you would grant us all wisdom here. Each and every one of us who has heard this word, that we would respond accordingly as your Holy Spirit prompts us and convicts us and tries us and works in us. We ask, Lord, that you would give us the harvest of righteousness, and that we would be a church of peaceful, peaceable people, that would be a church that continues to want to be constructive and loving with one another, to speak the truth in love and build one another up um, in maturity. Father, we ask that you would bless the rest of our morning as we uh, worship and sing, uh, that your name would be honored. We thank you for this word, and we want to pray for Scott and the Chatterson family, and ask that you would give them the wisdom that they're seeking from you, that you would uh, open up doors for the ministry uh, to flourish and continue in Ireland, and that you would give them the support that they need, Lord, that their um, work would uh, just really flourish, um, that there would be a harvest of many people who come to know Jesus. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.